0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Obviously, yesterday, a lot of people uh, moved by the uh, contribution, basically throughout the whole programme, uh, by Verena Thompson and her daughter, Ashling. And as Ashling explained, she's 17 and has sarcoma, and in her own words, it's incurable. She's trying her best, and her family are trying her best to uh, find any any treatment. Um, but um, that was Ashling's story. And we were contacted by the family of Martina Parker and uh, Angela Parker, her sister, and I must say the late Martina Parker. Her sister Angela is on the line. Angela, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. I know you made a point this morning that <coughs> Ashling has her life in front of her. Uh, she doesn't want to lose it. She wants to live life to the full. But unfortunately, that's that's not always the way uh, for for people. And your sister, who died on the 4th of February, only three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, it's, it was a different, a different story. What happened, Martina, Angela? Um, I think she was just one of those unlucky people who started drinking alcohol and very quickly became addicted to it. Um, very addicted. There was no mm. going back with her. Uh, there was no catalyst for it. We just realised that she was drinking more than she normally would have, would have, um, and she was living in England at the time. Okay. Um, my mother went over to see her and realised that the situation was a bit worse than we expected. And my mother would have brought her to the GP at that time in London, and he he just put her on a low alcohol treatment um, so my mother decided to bring her back to Ireland okay. to see if we could get her treatment and that was five years ago and it was, that's where our story started and at that stage Martina was what 45 years of age do, do you do, do the family recall when and indeed if why because it is an addiction it is an illness it is a disease um, when did when the drinking did get out of control, Angela? And we're not too sure. I know she was building a new house with her partner, and her partner would have been very supportive. But she used to ring us in the night time, and we thought she'd have a, have a glass of wine when she was speaking to us, which wouldn't have been like her at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it just grew from there. And she was a very quiet and shy person, And I feel that the alcohol gave her a bit of confidence and um, she was able to deal with things, maybe the pressure of the building the house and that sort of thing. She was able to deal with it better with alcohol and it just grew from there. And when your family brought her back to Ireland five years ago, Mm -hmm. um, was was Martina open to, to help? No, because she didn't recognise that she had a problem at all. We were yeah. just making a big issue out of it. But I suppose at that time, it was, it was actually worse than we realised. Um, so we were starting from, a, as we thought, the beginning. But obviously she was further on in her addiction than we realised. Yeah. 
Um, so she wasn't really open to getting any help at that time or at any mm. time over the five years. And you decided as a family to, to say this at the funeral on February, at the beginning of February, she died on the 4th of February. Yeah, well, we just thought a few people had said, you know, nobody needs to know how yeah, or why yeah. she died. And we, we kind of felt, no, people need to know. And especially for research purpose down the line that, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody that young died from an addiction, it should be highlighted and they should be able to research why and how. So to be open, and we are a very open family, yeah. I decided, it just came to me in the night before the funeral, I discussed it with the family the next mm. morning. And I, up to the time I said it, I didn't know whether I was going to or not, but I did. And I think uh, everybody was happy that I did it. And did did you write it down beforehand, Angela? I wrote it down uh, just a little bit, but it was in my head. It was just in my head and it came out. It was what I felt as her struggle, our struggle, and how difficult it is Mm -hmm. for the families involved with people uh, who are dealing with addiction, as as well as the person themselves and neighbours and friends who who were very helpful to her and us. Yeah. You said I don't I don't know if you have the words in front of you, but you sent them in to yep. us. Have you got I them do. in front of you? you I said, do. Oh, yes. Okay. Do you want yeah. me to read them? Please. Yeah. Please. So powerful. Okay. Um, my sister fell into a glass. As she was very shy, the liquid gave her the confidence to navigate life without any anxiety. She felt really content and safe in there. After a while, she started to feel sick and cold. As a family, we reached into the glass and one by one, we tried to pull her out. But she kept slipping back to the bottom. We engaged the help of the medical profession who with us tried with all our might to help her out, but she was just too tired. She said not to worry. She felt safe and happy in the glass. And finally she curled up and fell into a forever peaceful sleep. That's it, Joe. <laughs> no one chooses to be an addict. Um, no. And, and as you say, one by one... We reached in to the glass, which is the analogy, and we tried to pull her out. Did did anyone, do you feel, looking back, did anyone get close? No. No. Um, I feel we all tried our hardest. Uh, My brothers were very good. Um, We'd all have a very close relationship with each other, and we would have all tried different tacks over the years. but nothing reached her. Um, her children, maybe at the start, mm. we would have said to her, you know, we'll have to inform them of what's going on because they live in London. Yeah. And she was, she didn't want that at all. But even in the last year, that didn't matter. You know, it was nothing. The addiction was number one and that was it, you know. The addiction. And, it was, yeah. and did you say, you, you obviously said to the children... Or said to the children, this is what we want to say. We don't want to hide anything at the funeral. Oh, absolutely. We would have said it yeah, beforehand. Yeah. And they would have known 
and they know and I would have spoken to them yesterday about coming onto the show and they felt strongly as well that it needed to be highlighted that, you know, addiction addiction is a powerful illness. Yeah. You know, and she there was she just not could not get out of it. And we would have had open discussion with discussions with her about dying and she would just say to us, Well I'm I know I'm going to die so you know, I won't know about it if it happens, you know. And we would have had discussions about the impact she uh, she was having on us yeah. as a family. The worry, um, the constant going to the, I, I don't know, many detoxes she had in hospital, overnight visits there for weeks on end, um, just constant in and out of the hospital, you know. In the last three months of her life she would have been in for 10 days maybe out for three in for 10 out for three and even all that was um, impacted heavily on the family as a whole mm. you know and for her nieces and nephews to see her like that you know um, we would have said to her you know uh, that the you know at the end of her life is coming but she that wasn't enough yeah you know, so I mean, addiction is that powerful. You know, even when even when she was told, if you keep drinking, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but if you mm. if you keep drinking, you will die. Um, it still wasn't powerful enough to kill or stop the addiction. No, she, she was told on numerous occasions that over the years that if she didn't stop drinking, that she would end up in, with serious health implications, and. Six months ago, she was given 10 months to live and that didn't even stop her, you know. And did she, she said not to worry. She felt safe mm. and happy in the glass and finally she curled up and fell yeah. into a forever peaceful sleep. Yeah. She, she was on a ventilator for 12 days and they slowly brought her around as they do. But she only barely came around. It was even at that stage, myself and my mother felt that she was angry with us for, mm. you know, maybe trying to help her recover. You know, we felt she just had enough. And when they eventually took off any inter medical intervention, she just died straight away. You know, it, was, it wasn't a long-lasting thing. She three deep breaths and she passed. Good God. Just, she just had enough, we felt. Her body had enough. But she was only 50. Only 50. She was so and young. Had, yes, and had never been ill beforehand. She's never been in hospital on, until she had her children. Um, never had an operation, never had a sore throat. She's yeah. never even had a headache. But it ah. just took a, a grip of her her life, body and soul, and that was it. And she didn't even get enjoyment out of it. You know, she was, wasn't was a social drinker. It was just sitting yeah. at home. And she went to, say, the depth of measures to keep alcohol in, in her system. And as a family, we didn't realise the effects of liver cirrhosis on the body or all the different stages or the effects of it, like the constant projectile, projectile vomiting, 
um, we used to try and bring her for a walk and she was extremely thin and we, we just thought it was muscle wastage that she wasn't mm. able to walk too far but it was because she had fluid around uh, outside her lung and that was why she was breathless but we didn't know any of this you know um, and I was reading when I saw that I read some of the condolences in, in RIP.ie mm. and um, there, there was a, there's a there's a very beautiful ones from the family and obviously what you said at the church, but there's a very powerful one on the public website from her work colleagues. Mm. Uh, Martina, from the moment Angela and I met you at work, there was an instant connection. It used to light up the room. It used to call you matron, which you liked <laughs> once you got used to it. Uh, you, me, and Angie had a strong bond. We cried together. We laughed together. You were a central part of our team. I was working hard and patients loved you too. You certainly made an imprint in my life. I loved the way you talked about Tommy and Katie, who are our children, and holidays in Spain with your mum. We missed you when you went to Ireland, but knew this was a happy place for you with your mum. Myself and Angie are thankful to have had you in our lives. And we have many memories to hold on to. We will miss you so much, you beautiful soul. An amazing, our amazing friend, Martina. So she had so much to give, and she gave Absolutely. so much. Absolutely, and she did give so much, and she loved her job when she was in England, and um, she would have never missed work or anything like that. Um, she absolutely loved it. But I think outside of work, maybe her social anxieties just got the yeah. better of her. But she impacted a lot of people's lives and helped a lot of people. And it was even heartbreaking to let her colleagues in London know that she, how ill she was and that she had passed. I mean, everyone was in total shock. Yeah. And I think that's why I wrote the piece as well, because, you know, people need to know that this this happens. It's real. Now, it came, up, it came up on Monday's programme. We were talking about a citizens' assembly and a lot of people which made the point uh, citizens' assemblies on the reducing the harmful effects of, Ill of illegal drugs, but mm. alcohol and cigarettes, as we heard, are, are uh, illegal. You, you think alcoholism needs more discussion, to say the least, in Ireland? Oh, absolutely. The supports are just not there. Um, we would have found with Martina that any time she did go into hospital, and even though the staff were great and they're under mm -hmm. so much pressure and the doctors that... She was treated for the detox and, was, you know, go home and stop drinking. But they weren't seeing the whole picture. I mean, she was absolutely addicted. Uh, now, I don't know what would have changed that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if we feel if she had maybe got physically well enough, yeah. we, maybe she could have gone for into a treatment centre. But obviously no treatment centre would take her or accept her the way she is for obvious reasons. So um, we just feel that, you know, we have to sort out our legal drug substances first mm -hmm. before we start introducing anything else. And even if it's any of these substances are given for medicinal use, they still have an addictive quality. And if, if we can't understand addiction, how are we going to help anybody? That's where I would be coming from. And the power of the addiction seemed, in Martina's case, seemed to be tsunami-like. It was, it was uh, unstoppable. 
unstoppable, very fast. I, I will share something with you now that maybe I have mm. said this to my family that I would share, but maybe just to show people how addicted she was, that she would have constantly been projectile vomiting, yeah. and a lot of times she would have swallowed it back just to uh. keep the alcohol in oh her system. Oh and God. not because there was a shortage of alcohol that she could buy, yeah. but just to need to keep it in her system. And that's what addiction is, you know. That's an incredible image. Yeah, yeah. And to see that was absolutely horrifying and heartbreaking, but that's the reality of us, of what we went through and what she went through. You know. And Andrew, what reaction have you got from the from the the very brave decision to um, mention this uh, at her funeral? My sister fell into a glass. She was very shy. The liquid gave her confidence to navigate life without anxiety. She felt really content and safe in there. Um, she said, "Not to worry." Um, she we tried with all uh, with all our might to help her, but she was just too tired. She said yeah. not to worry. She felt safe and happy in the glass. <clears throat> and finally she curled up and fell into a forever peaceful sleep. Um, did, she, did she say she was too tired that it had beaten her? Was that the sense? It, of, it had beaten her. We knew it had. Yeah. She was just, her body and soul were just too tired. I mean, it, if she had got at all well, which wasn't really a possibility, it was going to be a very, very long road back and, you know, mm. maybe two or three years down the line, a liver transplant if she hadn't stopped drinking. But we knew that that wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we felt she was happy where she was. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but she just didn't have that fight. And she just felt happier to let go where she felt safe, and, you know. Okay, stay with us, Angela. We're talking okay. uh, about Martina Park. And it began, as, as indeed yesterday's conversation with Ashling began, uh, with the discussion on Monday about uh, the Citizens' Assembly. Um, Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is our, our, our text number, 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. The family of Martina Parker, who passed away on the 4th of February last. She's from uh, Kilkenny. Uh, Kilkenny City uh, contacted us uh, on foot of the discussion over the last uh, couple of days about uh, alcohol came up. It's not included, by the way, in the Citizens' Assembly. By the way, Angela, are you annoyed that alcohol isn't mentioned in the Citizens' Assembly? Absolutely, it should be. I mean, it's one of the biggest drug issues in Ireland and has been for many, many years. And it, it's still not being sorted out or recognised. So uh, how can they move forward with uh, an, another drug substance that's going to affect so many people when they haven't the support to sort out the legal drugs that they have? Oh, which is a point made by... So many people, and they f they feel that a citizens' assembly, with it, with the remit it has, can only go in one direction, and that is to talk about the de more decriminalisation or legalisation or whatever, 
Um, whereas if, if you had a citizens' assembly on alcohol or indeed smoking, Angela, that could only go in one direction and the direction would be we need more restrictions. We need more help, more treatment. We need more restrictions on uh, cigarettes because as, as someone said, if cigarettes were introduced tomorrow, they, they would be banned immediately. If we knew, if we knew, if we knew then what we knew, well, know now about cigarettes, it would be very different. Your, your, your mother, Angela, also called Angela, how, how is your mother? Um, I feel she's just numb at the moment. Um, actually, my sister has not been buried until this Sunday because she oh. was cremated. Okay. So she's very numb at the moment, but she gets a lot of support um, from the Family Support Network. Okay. You know, they support people of families with addiction. You know, somewhere they can go to share experience yeah. and... Um, they provide support and they reduce the isolation and the stigma attached to addiction. And they're nationwide um, if anyone needs to contact them, mm-hmm. any families, because it has a big impact on families. Yeah. And, and remember, this this was something that dovetailed again on Monday. Uh, it was uh, an Antoinette who mentioned uh, whose son died uh, um, mm. of drugs. Um, she said a lot of the deaths, she believes that if somebody young dies now from taking an e-tablet, God, God forbid, or overdosing, that the family don't talk about it. The, the death is put down as unexplained or, and there's no mention of it the way your, and your family went, went in the uh, opposite direction to make, just to make that point, to try and, uh, what's the word, destigmatize it. Yeah. Yeah. And we wanted to highlight it, and we even asked at the time if <clears throat> on her death cert that they could say that it was due to alcoholism because for further research into it. I mean, if all yeah. these things are hidden, how can we move forward? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I mean, the impact it's had on her as a person, I mean, the quality of her life, she, I mean, multiple seizures, and I think that's what people don't realise about alcohol is you can't just give it up because you were at risk of seizures. So we were constantly, if we mm-hmm. had to bring her into hospital, we might give her a drink first because we knew maybe it was five hours before she was seen and she could have a serious seizure, which she actually did have a few times and in hospital um, because they're not able to recognise, you know, if she said maybe she's drinking two bottles of wine, really is probably five or six. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that wasn't taken into real consideration. So education, I think, is the key for the medical profession and for everybody. You know, and it can it can come to anybody's anybody's door. You know, and you you see it, Angela, and your family see it as a, a, a disease, an illness. Yeah, and that's what it is. And I'm, I don't want to piss one illness against another yeah, course, or disease yeah. against another. But it has the same impact on families. The multiple hospital visits, the no hope, the not much support, especially because the age she was. Whereas if it was recognised as a disease, there might be more support for her family and for her. You know, um, that's the issue. And she was so young at, at, at 50. Um, Ma- Mary is listening. Joe at OG.ie. 5151 is next. Mary, good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Joe. How are you're, you? You're listening to Angela talking about her uh, sister Martina, and yeah, not that you need reminding. And we laughed out. Yeah. yeah, no, sorry, go on. So you no, know, I was going to say not that you need reminding because I'm sure she's forever uh, <sighs> in your thoughts by the minute. What what happened yes. to your daughter, Mary? Uh, she died of cirrhosis of the liver. She was just forty two, oh, and like that other lady, she was five years diagnosed of cirrhosis of the liver, and it was so hard. And she never she fought and fought and fought, but we could never get her to get off the drink. You know, yeah. it was so hard. It was really really hard. And it's just, it's just watching someone die with cirrhosis of the liver that mm. is the pain that they were in at the time, you know. But the hospital was very good to her now. I must say they were really good. But like that other lady, we spent an awful lot of time in and out of the hospital constantly, in and mm. out of the hospital with her. And no matter what we ever did, she could just never give it up. Never. And even when she was told five years. Well, oh, yeah, she wouldn't know. She, and like that other lady, she got to a stage, Siobhan got to a stage, she just wanted to go. She just wanted to go. She didn't want any intervention or anything when it came to the time that she was going. She had asked for no intervention. So today we okay. were told that, that she was going to go. I think... Probably got the two Siobhan was probably knew and was happy in herself, but she was in a lot of pain. And to use the, the phrase that Martina felt uh, it had beaten her. No, we couldn't. She, she just couldn't get. We couldn't win with her. We couldn't yeah. win with her. You know, no matter what, we couldn't, oh, we couldn't win with her. There was no... She could see no other way out of it. Yeah. Um, you was, know? She, was she ever close to treatment? Oh, she was, yeah. We yeah. used to bring her to meetings, everything. Okay. Lots of meetings. Lots of meetings we brought her to. You know, absolutely lots of meetings we brought her to. And she would never. She, we'd bring her, she'd go, and then we'd make other appointments for her, and she wouldn't go then. Yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know, she just wasn't in her. It wasn't, I think, the addiction. I think if people have an addictive personality, yeah. that they just can't. When they get addicted to something, that's what they want. And I think if that's the big thing with alcohol. If they get addicted to it, that that's it. That's all they want. And they don't see any other side out of it. And was she ever, was Siobhan is her name, I see. God rest yeah. her. Um, uh, Mary, was Siobhan ever close to uh, residential treatment? No, 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 yeah. no. She well, just one, wouldn't. Yeah, one she of just the f- wouldn't go into it. That's one of the first things they look for in residential treatment. Yeah. is a commitment yeah. and a willingness to get well. Yeah, you see, but she had to have that willingness. And yeah. She didn't. Siobhan didn't. She okay. didn't have that. So that we could never get to that step because she didn't have it in her to do yeah. it. She'd rather she'd come out of the hospital after being in the hospital maybe for two weeks. Yeah. And the first thing she she get is a bottle. You know, we go down. We used to go down to her apartment and the empty bottle. She'd find it, find them in yeah. the wardrobe, everywhere. You know. And when yourself and your family talk about it, Mary, talk about Siobhan, what what 
like Angela was saying that uh, there Martina was always extraordinarily shy, anxious in social situations. Um, she was a lone drinker. She she didn't drink so Yeah, Sean was a lone drinker too. Yeah. But she was great spirit. Sean had great yeah. spirit in her. Okay. She really had. She was a lovely person. So many people were marked on her. You know, when she passed yeah. away and you'd be talking to people and were marked on how such a lovely person she was. But she just got... That addiction just got into her and she just we just couldn't get it out. And did anyone, as far as you, you can look back on it now, Mary, and it's even an awful phrase to use on such a young woman, looking back on her life, um, did anyone ever get any medic, any treatment centre, any person, any book, any, any, anything ever get close to her saying, no, getting the insight? She, she went to AA and things like that and she went to counselling, but she just never, she just never had it in her. And we tried so much. She just never had it in her to give it up. Even when she was bad, even when it was eight weeks that she was very sick. And she just hadn't. And it would be nice to highlight how, to young people, how yeah. easily they can get addicted to yeah. it. And cirrhosis seems to hit women a lot, and women yeah. quicker than men. Well, we've, we've the relatives of two young women. Yeah. Died, both of them, well, Martina last month, and you're Siobhan two, two years ago. Two so years. She was two years dead now on the 31st of July. Angela, can you relate to what Mary is saying about her Siobhan? Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about the passing of your yeah, daughter. Yeah, same with you, Martina. Thank you. Um, we would have tried everything. As she would have went to our due. We would she have went into a treatment centre, but like that, only for a week. And we yeah. felt she was only doing it for us. Yeah, and I, I, I did a week there now, and um, I'm grand now, and and then the bottle would be yeah. there. I remember bringing her out to hospital one night in the middle of the night, and I stayed until about 10 o'clock in the morning, and I actually walked home. And by the time I got home, she had got a taxi and was home in my mother's yeah. drinking a bottle of wine yeah. before I had mm. even got back to my house. Yeah, you know. So anything she was oh, doing, she wasn't doing for herself. She was doing for for, for us. That's what we used yeah. to think that she was just doing it, trying to keep us happy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in know. the end, we would we we said to her, you know, if this is what you want to do, we'll support you. If you just want to stay at home and drink, and if if you don't want yeah. any medical intervention, um, but we'll have to put systems in place because if something yeah. does happen, to you. And yeah. um, she was kind of saying, yeah, well, okay, maybe. But yeah. she still wasn't committed to say that she would do that either. But she yeah. was doing it, you know. Um, we, no, she found it one time she was in the hospital herself. She signed a form to say that she didn't want any intervention. It got so bad. Did she? Huh? And it didn't. When it came to that week, they didn't. They said, no, that she wanted to sign that form. We didn't know that oh, she wanted yeah. to sign that form, but she had right. And they deemed, they deemed she signed it when she was compass mentis. You know. When she was in her, in her right mind when she signed it. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that, that was another issue. Sorry. Angela, yeah. I think there was another no. issue. We had that um, because of the cirrhosis of the liver, obviously your body is kind of toxic all the time and that affects the yeah. brain. So you're not thinking clearly. 
Yeah. And we would have found it very hard to get answers from the medical profession, even though they were very good. But I think because she was an adult, we don't actually know what they said to her because she couldn't remember when we asked her. And if they saw that she was orientated in daytime and place, yeah. they felt that she was compassmentous. Whereas, in fact, if you asked her two minutes later, she wouldn't remember who, what anybody yeah. said or where they were. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose we feel more family involvement, even just to know the stages of the liver disease yeah. or how it's been reading about her. it. You know, yeah, we did too. And you'd be reading it up and saying, oh, maybe she's near, or maybe this is it now. And all yeah. the time, I spend more time in that road in and out of the hospital. Yes, yeah, we were the same. Jesus, they knew me in any. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you, and those, and the ambulance men who yeah. come to collect yeah. her, you know, once yeah. a week, they, they knew her. And that was, I definitely, yeah. it needs to be highlighted, doesn't it? You know, oh, it does. Especially yeah. the addiction, that addiction can get, and the cirrhosis of the liver. And we yeah. watch Siobhan in so much pain that we she, she died. Yeah. And... Her, her immune system was gone so bad that the painkillers wasn't helping her. Right. You know, and she was crying in pain. Oh, no. Crying in pain. It was so much. It was horrible watching her. You know, but the, then the palpitator took over and they were brilliant with her. Yeah. You know, yeah, but it was heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. Oh. You know, so it needs to be highlighted. It does mean yeah. that alcohol can be such an addiction. Yeah. And Mary, just just again, because you're you're very helpful to, to other people who are difficult. But also, I'm hearing from the two of you. I'll, be, I'll start with you, Mary. That people are a lot more understanding. You mentioned the paramedics used to they knew the help they knew the. Uh, be, yeah. People are a lot more understanding of families who have somebody who has an addiction problem than we sometimes think. Yeah. Because sometimes you try to hide it. You didn't want to say it, and then I got to the stage. No, I told people what your bomb is dying of. Yeah. Because I said, what's the use in hiding it? Because then you're only keeping it in here to yourself, and you're not hiding out. Yeah. That was you're kind of hiding it from people that there is this addiction can be out there, yeah. and this is what they get. You know, this is all stuff here. So I didn't hide it in this. Yeah, you're very. You know, very I talked courageous. about it, I talked to other people yeah. about it, and everything. And Angela, in your case, you you uh, pointedly didn't didn't hide it. But what what reaction do you? Did you get from people when, when you told them? Uh, most people were in shock, but they were very receptive. And uh, like everybody needed to know, because especially if there was nobody in the house, we needed to be able to call a neighbour to, mm-hmm. to check in yeah. that she was alive and that sort of thing. Yeah. And they were incredibly yeah. good. So yeah. they all all knew um, yeah. the situation that she was in. And we never hit it no, because no. That, uh, she she was an alcoholic. She was addicted to alcohol. Yeah. And there was no going back from it. So no, there was no point was no in, hi- in hiding it or no. trying to hide it. It wasn't going to help no. anybody to try and hide it. No. No, that's what we felt. It was no use in hiding it. That's what, and, you know, I think you get through it a lot better, too, when you know that people knew about Absolutely. it. And if the people could help you more then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People would yeah. ask, how is Martina? And we'd say, well, she's not well today. And yeah. they'd say, well, I'll be yeah. there from 2 or mm-hmm. 4 tomorrow if you need me to yeah. call or that yeah. sort of thing. So, I mean, everybody was involved in her addiction, if you like, you know, in a yeah. supportive way. Yeah. 
But it has far-reaching effects, and I think that's what people don't realise, you know, um, that it affects so many people. Yeah. Oh, it does. There's so many people, I'd say, out there. You know, and to me, it's to talk about it. For families to talk about it. And let people know and get the help. You know, and get the help. Even when I said that little piece um, at the funeral. Oh, that little piece, she was gorgeous. I read that book. That piece was just beautiful. It showed, all I could think was that was wrong in that class. Yeah, the struggle for her, the struggle for the family. Yeah, it was a struggle for her. Absolutely. Nobody to was to be in my 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 to be in my was to be in my was to be in um, I just I was listening to your program there, Joe, yeah. and I was moved by your first speaker and uh, what happened to her sister and the hopeless nature of the case that was presented. Or, or they seemingly hopeless, and I, I know I'm dealing with a delicate subject here, but uh, as a person who uh, in the past has also been uh, in that situation and uh, and a recovered alcoholic, I thought it appropriate to yeah, just okay. to let you know that there there is hope for yeah. people who are suffering badly around the country. Uh, I rang you, I have to say, reluctantly because the Alcoholics Anonymous is, a, yeah. is about attraction rather than promotion. I know that. Uh, so I, I'm not necessarily promoting, I'm yeah. just giving my own story and my own experience that there is a way out. It's generally recognized as the best way out. Uh, which is to attend AA meetings and to uh, see how other people recover. Yeah. <clears throat> and that helps you, Frank? Uh, yes, I, I was a functioning alcoholic for a very, very long time, to my re- great regret. I didn't think there was any way of stopping drinking. And it's still a mystery to me that I, I went to AA. I went on the basis, not necessarily that I believed there was an alcoholic, but I just wanted to stop drinking. Uh, and... Uh, Somehow, I stopped, and I've remained stopped. And, and the quality of my life has improved dramatically. I no longer require drink to get through on a day-to-day basis. And what's a functioning alcoholic, Frank? A, a, well, there are many types, and yeah, everybody yeah. is different. There is no single single analysis of what an alcoholic is. They come from all different backgrounds. Yeah. They come from all different uh, economic socio groups, all nationalities. Uh, nobody, nobody is necessarily spared who has the gene that makes alcohol addictive. So, so I just want to say yeah. that around the country, every night and most uh, days, most, yeah, yeah. most days there are meetings. on the website, thousands yeah. and yeah. thousands of Irish people go to uh, have improved their own lives and improving their own lives. And it's non non judgmental, and you just ramble in. You have no obligation to speak if you don't wish to. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And it's to- you, uh, totally the confidential. Best is to be able to identify with the people in the room, to identify with their stories, yeah. their horror stories, and listen to how they recovered. And and the important thing is that in their recovery, they improved the lives of other people as well. So there, there's a ripple effect throughout the community. 
Uh, it's very low profile. Mm-hmm. It's strictly uh, uh, anonymous in its in its public in its dealings with the public, etc. And we grow by, as I've said already, attraction. Seeing people, seeing people recovered, seeing happy people who were morose and despondent, and I, I can give witness to that myself in my my own life. Stay with us, Frank. I, I, just take this quick break. Joe at RT.E. 51551 is the text number. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.E. Uh, we've been contacted, as you've been uh, hearing, by two families of both young women. Uh, Martina, 50, uh, Siobhan, 42, who died from alcoholism um, in the recent past. Uh, Damien, you, you've been listening, Damien. Your point, please. Yeah, uh, thanks very much, Joe. Uh, firstly, I'd like to pass on my uh, condolences to them two ladies who spoke so well. And the, common, uh, the commonality that, that they had in terms of cause of absolutely. death was cirrhosis of the river. The yeah, river absolutely, Joe. Me, and, yeah. Uh, uh, I'd like to commend you for, uh, you know, for... Uh, uh, putting it on the show today and giving the giving the ladies the platform to uh, you know to put that uh, to put that across you know so well uh, yeah uh, and also there just listening to to Frank I suppose uh, Joe uh, prompted me also was uh, that there is hope there for people and it's very yeah. important that people know that and families know that and uh, you know uh, not everybody gets this Joe and unfortunately. You know the two young ladies. Uh, just uh, one of the one of uh, one of the ladies mentioned. You know that they just weren't willing, and like that is probably the first step, Joe. Is that you will know, power, just, uh, yeah. yeah, just well, not necessarily the willpower, okay. but just the willingness, Joe. The okay, willingness good to, point, yeah. To uh, you know, just to seek help and to want help, because uh, I know in my own circumstances, Joe, if I wasn't willing. Uh, I, I I probably wouldn't be here today, you know. So, and, and how uh, how are you doing, Damien? Can I ask? Oh, great, Joe. Thanks. Great. Yeah, yeah. Well I'd be coming up to ten years sober well, now, well and uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, a day at a time, as they say. And uh, there's no question, Joe. Uh, my quality of life as a as a person, as a human being, as mm-hmm. a father, as a son, as a brother, it's uh, you know, it's 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 well well worth it, Joe. And there's uh, uh, it's not easy. It's, it's it's certainly not easy. But uh, in my own case, Joe, it was. Uh, there's so many, you know, just to turn to alcohol and, you know, just to, it, you know, I suppose it's a way. Uh, it's so easily nowadays, and especially with all the pressures, just you know, to switch off and escape, and yeah, you know, yeah. for a few hours. But some people just don't have that luxury, and we get caught up in that web where you think you might be able to escape for a few hours, and it gets a grip, and eventually you're. Uh, it takes uh, it takes a hold of you and your life, Joe. And uh, as a, con- a consequence of that, your family and people around you suffer, and you don't realise at the time how much hurt and pain yeah. uh, you're causing them as well as yourself. Obviously, you know. And but, Damien, uh, did you yeah. did you try different different methods of assistance before before you? Yeah, yeah Joe, I probably did. Uh, Yes, I would have had uh, seeked. Uh, you'd be, you know, uh, you would discover probably after 
numerous years you would discover or know deep down within yourself that mm-hmm. you know you know that it's not right uh, your behavior's not right the way you're drinking you and so on and so forth and you'd be saying to yourself I'll, I'll try this and I'll uh, I won't drink uh, a certain way this day or that mm-hmm. day and I'll only drink at the weekends and I'll read self-help books and so on and so forth but it wasn't until I identified and listened to other people that walked in the path before me Joe really until I, something you know that's really where uh, that's really where I uh, where I was able to identify with other people and uh, I suppose that planted the seed Joe and that was the start of it you know uh, it's not easy but look at it's as, as I said you know it's so important that people mm. realise that there's help out there and there's people so willing to help. That's something that really struck me and touched me yeah. from the very beginning is there's so many genuine people trying to help. And, uh, you know, and like I'm not anti-alcohol or anything yeah, like yeah. that, Joe. Uh, by no means, it's it's a, it's a marvellous way for some people just to, you know, uh, to be able to mix or celebrate mm. or so on. But uh, I just think it can be, uh, it, 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 it probably can't be stressed enough to how dangerous and uh, how sinister it can be, you know. And uh, sometimes it's 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 probably probably under underplayed, you know. Like if I'm honest, is it hard to be stay away from drink in Ireland? <clears throat> it uh, well, I'll be honest, Joe. In early days of uh, sobriety, yes, uh, it can be because mm. everything uh, in this country seems to revolve around drink, and it's probably not popular to say that, but. Uh, uh, the cultural uh, aspect to it, Joe, is uh, unfortunately drink is revolved around everything, and be it uh, you know communions, confirmations, footballs, weddings, mm-hmm. absolutely, uh, uh, it's just immersed in our, our community. And I think uh, the education is so important. And by you bringing up the subject today, Joe, I think uh, it's brilliant to be able to for uh, for people uh, just uh, to be able to uh, open up the conversation and uh, you know because uh, other than that Joe young mm. people's growing up and it's pretty normal uh, it's pretty normal to go out at the weekend and maybe get hammered and yeah, yeah. stuff and it's you know uh, that's just not a good message you know uh, we should be able to enjoy ourselves yes with alcohol no problem but not to the extent where it's uh, uh, where it's pretty much accepted uh in the wrong way, you know. And Damien, when when both Angela and Mary, who were talking about their relatives, Angela's, uh, in her case, it was her sister, Martina, and Mary, her daughter, uh, Siobhan, around the same age, and eight years between them, both of them uh, had not lived a half century. Um, but that, the power of the, the illness, when both of them, at different stages were told they had cirrhosis of the liver, when both of them were told that this this will be fatal unless you stop. But they couldn't stop. That's, that is the seriousness of it, Joe. And there was certain times in my times when I was drinking that I was told very similar, uh, bluntly, as, as blunt as that, and... Uh, to some occasions, uh, I did not. Uh, I did not want to stop and couldn't stop. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, within them women, uh, I'm sure they may have said to themselves and knew themselves that I really I can't go on. Like, but sometimes it seems the easier way, just to keep going, Joe. And 
just to uh, you know that uh, uh, that I'm just not able to reach out and so on and so forth. And that's what I said earlier that not everybody gets it, Joe. And mm-hmm. that's 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 the terrible side of it. And yes, there's hope for absolutely. There's no such thing as a hopeless case. No such thing. But at the same time, not everybody gets it, Joe. The first step is for the person just to just uh, to put out their hand because there's plenty of hands uh, to grab them back, you know, and pull them back. Well, I know this conversation began on Monday about the Citizens' Assembly on illicit drugs, but I even notice now that the the local drugs task force, which was set up by the government and funded by the government, um, they're now they they're now known as drugs and alcohol task force task force. So there is some recognition at that level, but it it's not included, and alcohol is not included uh, in uh, this uh, citizens. Assembly. Yeah, it seems it seems very strange, Joe, and uh, there's there's some link missing somewhere, you know, because uh, like I would often go around to different schools or football clubs and. Uh, speak to speak to young kids and try and just uh, put the message out there and just basically share my experience mm-hmm. uh, strength and hope from uh, from my past and if that can help one young lad uh, or change their lives or change their way of thinking and do you forward, say do you say to young well I, I don't I don't suspect you do well what do you say to young people that where you are trying to connect with them well, Joe, I, I I share exactly how I felt yeah, okay. when I was their age and uh, what led me down that road and how I felt and so on and so forth. So uh, they were able to identify and just speak to them uh, like, uh, you know, like a normal young adult, you know, that, you know, uh, that you don't have to feel a certain way or there's nothing wrong with you for feeling a certain way. And, you know, uh, I uh, I think the more that we talk about uh talk about this and uh, mm-hmm. be open and honest Joe and uh, you know because it wasn't until I was able to identify with other people that I felt wow yeah, yeah, right somebody cool. else feels like me you know yeah, that's, that's what Frank said as well uh, yeah. the AA meeting where he identified Angela you're you're listening to Damien um, how, how how do you react to that and, and the message of Damien and Frank both are that um, there is hope yeah, absolutely. I agree with them. And there are a lot of services out there and support for people. And, I mean, we never gave up hope on my sister. Yeah. She obviously gave up hope, but we never gave up hope. But I feel in her case, she was just in that percentage of people who got addicted. And for, in her case, there was no going back yeah. with that addiction. I mean, I remember one time sitting on the side of her bed with a little cracker crushed up, putting it into her mouth and syringing water into her mouth just to get something other than alcohol into her system. And and that would have been an ongoing yeah, situation, yeah. sitting there watching her drink half a glass of water just to have something else in her system other than alcohol. But as Damien and Frank highlighted, there is hope for people mm. who are willing or feel that they are able to start on the recovery journey. But it is, it's not for everybody, unfortunately. It's a very, it's a very, very uh, difficult situation and uh, mm. need, needs more conversation. Stay, stay with us, Damien and Angela. Joe at rte.ie, 51551 is our text number. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Just an aside uh, for a minute. Um, on Friday's programme, it's 50 years, believe it or not, since the wonderful Gilbert O'Sullivan had his first number one hit in Ireland. And it wasn't Nothing Ryan, by the way. Um, it was uh, Claire, I, I think it was on. But it's 50 years that Gilbert has been on the go. And Gilbert will be on Live Line on uh, Friday as a very special guest. But we want you to talk to him, not talk to Joe, talk to Gilbert. Um, maybe your favourite song, favourite memory, maybe ask him questions as well about his music or where the inspiration comes from. But a uh, very special uh, guest on Friday, 50 years since his first number one. And he's still on, he's still on tour, by the way. And he will be back in Ireland and he'll tell us about that as well. That's Gilbert O'Sullivan this coming Friday. So we want you to contact us on joe at the subject box, obviously Gilbert O'Sullivan, and want to tell us what he his music means to you, not in the past, but in the present. And also what your memories uh, of Gilbert are. And uh, if you have any questions you want to ask him, he's willing. That's, that's what Liveline is about, talking to our listeners. And he'll be doing that this coming Friday. Gilbert O'Sullivan, joe at rt.ie is a simple email. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. As I say, two separate families are uh, contact us today about uh, the death of uh, their relative, in one case a sister, another a daughter, at a very young age from cirrhosis of the liver and uh, caused uh, by alcoholism. Uh, uh, Vivian, Vivian Thompson, Vivian, good afternoon. You're, you're listening to Angela and Mary. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you, Vivian? Well, before I even speak, I want to say to you, your show yesterday, I listened to all your shows. Yeah. They're brilliant. Ashley, yes. Yesterday was mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Your sure. show yesterday was mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing all the time, but yesterday I was on and I was amazed at that. So was I. So, was so I, I just... I'm, I'm Joe, you are, you, you're always the best. But yesterday, you were your show. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, so am I. She's a wonderful, it was amazing. Wonderful and isn't she an angel? Yeah. Now I'm she, sorry. I I'm interrupting the question. No, you're not. And she wants to live so much. She wants to live. She's got such an awful diagnosis, a difficult diagnosis, as she said. But Ashling at 17, she wants to live, and no, she will no. do everything. Um, and, and I can tell you, Pat, my son. The same to see a life gone like that. Yeah, and what? what for. And what happened them? Alcohol again, yeah. like the also two ladies and the stories is very sad. Um, that first lady or sister, yeah, Angela and, and that, Martina. Angela and Martina there, and I know exactly David's death. I'm sorry to say this, but I have to. It was horrific. From alcohol. And he fought. The doctors told him he fought. He died within three hours of septicemia. From alcohol. And what Angela and Mary were saying about all the efforts they made to try and help uh, Siobhan and Martina. I tried, Joe, 
I tried everything. He had his own house. Yeah. He had his own business. Yeah. That, unfortunately, he went into two businesses, which weren't helping because one was where alcohol was served. Okay. And he went then drinking from four, five in the morning, home, oh, yeah. litre of vodka, into work, opened the shop, and worked drinking it all day. And I went, I, I in my house, I fed him, I put him out, yeah. I rang everybody, I tried everything. How old is he? 44. Oh, I'm sorry he has to make his own decision. Yeah. Um, every door seemed to be shut in my face. He went to AA, Joe. Yeah. And he'd come up and he'd tell me, I was at AA. And next thing, into the toilet. And as he was sitting in my sitting room, he was getting drunker and drunker. He had us hidden in his trousers. He got so bad, Joe, I, I explained to you. Mm-hmm. There. there was, we could have filled a skip with the vodka bottles we found God. in his house yeah. and in my house, in my cisterns, in the toilets, in my toilets, cisterns. So when he'd come to mine, he'd have it there and I wouldn't be. He'd go to the toilet and come out. You know, that's how bad he was. Oh, we'd store, he'd store. Okay. He'd store yeah. it in the cistern. Yeah. Okay. And when he'd come to me, he'd have yeah. the cistern upstairs, downstairs, in maybe my kitchen press that I wouldn't go too often. And he'd keep going in where I'd be in the sitting room. And he'd be getting out drunk, like he'd be coming out drunker. And did anyone in And I'd search his pockets. And yeah. He'd have nothing in his pockets, but it was hidden all over the house. And he would never admit, Joe, he was an alcoholic. And did anyone, it's a question I asked Angela and Mary, at any time, did any group, any individual, anyone, any family member feel that they ever got close to him getting the insight into his problem? We all did, Joe. Yeah, of course he did. And his brothers, two brothers and two sisters. And we, like those girls and those ladies, we sat with him, I cried, we all cried. We had a family meeting with him. Yeah. And he sat on the sofa and four of us, no argument. Yeah. Just telling him what's happening, what he's doing. And, yeah, I agree, hugged us all. And that was it. Like those ladies, we were talking to the wall. Yeah. You know, he was just, yeah, okay, yeah, I know, I'm going to do it. And like as I said to you, you go to AA, and you tell me he was at an AA meeting, and he brought a friend from AA one night. But then he wasn't. He was going, but he was drinking. He was, just, you know, everything. Was, his life was a dr- not a dream. It wasn't a dream. He was living in another world. Like, yeah. Like he was convinced that we were the problem. Yeah. He wasn't the problem. We were. It's very hard, Joe. It's so, so hard to try and fight these addictions. And as those ladies will tell you yeah. there. And, and, that and girl and her sister. Yeah. <coughs> you know? And Angela, 
uh, and Mary both said that uh, Siobhan and Martina knew, it, it seems four or five years, and like you have cirrhosis of the liver if you don't stop drinking. This this will be terminal. Did your, oh. did your son... Joe, my son was six foot and about... wasn't stout, big blocky chap. Okay. <coughs> he turned into... He went down from that to six stone. God. He rolled screaming with a tube up his nose to feed him to clean his pancreas. Yeah. Pancreatitis. Oh, oh, sorry. I did get him into help. Okay. I got him down somewhere in the country. Yeah. And he went. And within two weeks, a knock at my door one night and he was after walking from the country or hitchhiking. Yeah. And ended up at my door. Yeah. And that was that. It's horrible, Joe. Yeah. Those ladies, I know exactly how they are. And as a mother, no mother under those circumstances should see her son die. Yeah, of course. We all get ill, everything happens, we can't avoid that. But for something like that, no mother or father or anybody should stand and you're so helpless, Joe. Bury your child, yeah. I tried everything. We all tried everything. And the last day he took sick at 12, I spoke to him on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And when the ambulance came, the first time he admitted, he said to him, what's wrong with you? I'm an alcoholic. And he was dead at 3 o'clock. Oh, God. Isn't that horrific? And those ladies know exactly what I'm speaking about. Of course, and so many others do as well, Vivian. And, uh, exactly. I'm not, just because it's your show, but everywhere, Joe. It's shocking. Say what is And people don't realise the pain, the hurt. Like, I go to bed at night. I'm not well myself. And, you know, when you go to bed, you're trying to sleep. And this is, David comes into my mind Every night, every day. And I have to stop myself. Because I can't cope. Ten years on, I can't cope. And I have to say, stop. I still blame myself for his death. Why? Why? Oh, gosh. I blame myself for his death. (coughs) Because I put him out of the house on Tuesday. And he was dead on Friday. And my family have to keep telling me to stop him up. Yes, it's not your fault. Yeah. I, my mind, and I'm sure those ladies will tell you, that girl, Angela, and the lady, I'm, I'm sorry, what's your name? Angela and, and Mary. We try everything. Yeah. We do everything. I did, I thought. But this, why did I do it? Why did I not do something more? Why? You did. You and did, that's, yeah. you're left living with that. Yeah. You I'm did everything you could. You absolutely did everything you could. And, and Thank you. Us as a family, we're happy in the knowledge that we absolutely did everything we could. And so did you. 
it wouldn't have changed the outcome whether he was in your house or not. So believe that. Thank you very much. Um, Angela. Angela, sorry, I meant... Just messed up here. One thing I don't know, Joe, if I'm allowed to say this. It's a bit harsh. Yeah. It's to do with when he was in his coffin. No. Yeah, please say you 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 be your own. I want to say yes. this because this is really horrific. I'm just telling you this now. Yeah. When we got him home, yeah. he was in the coffin, and I noticed he was going black. His body. Yeah. And my cousin was my doctor, and he was up, and I said, Eugene, what's happening? We had to buy two boxes of Chanel makeup. We could not wake him in the house yeah. because his body was t- he was turning into a black because of, because, because of the effect of alcohol from alcohol sepsis. Okay. And I'm sorry, I'm so sorry to say this on your show. I want people to listen and try and listen, like those ladies. Not listen. I don't mean those ladies listen. This is how bad alcohol is. Yeah. Is Along any... with all the other drugs, alcohol does exactly worse. Same. Yeah. So bring... I couldn't even wake my son. We had to put the lid on the coffin after an hour. That's some image. Da- and da- to see da- that, Joe, it's dreadful. Okay, save it as Vivian. Da- David, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Good. And how are you, uh, most importantly? I'm very good, Joe. I'm actually very good. Um, we know each other, Joe. Okay. Um, I, I just say this, Joe. Anyone that has lost any family member through alcohol or friends, they have my condolences. They really do. Yeah. Um, I'm an alcoholic, Joe, and I'm off it now three years. Right. Right. Um, I made a decision to do something about my drinking uh, myself, Joe. And the problem with me, Joe, was that I was a secret drinker, Joe. Okay. You could you could find bottles all over the house. Um, I could go to shops, go into the off license, have a nagging in the car. You know. Yeah. Um. But it came to a head for me, Joe. You know, people were telling me what to do, Joe. Okay. You know, they were telling me what not to drink. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's a decision that you have to make yourself, Joe. And my last drink, Joe, was 2019 uh, in Lucan, where something, something was said to me, Joe, and, and I took offence and I jumped in the car, okay. parked the car, and I bought a bottle of vodka. Yeah. My kids were out looking for me. The police were called. Um... They got me home. They found me, Joe, and they got me home, and I sat there, and it was it was pretty bad, Joe, I have to be honest with you. It was pretty bad, and the police came to the house to make sure that my family were okay. Okay. You know, and yeah. I, I, I'm not an aggressive person, but it was, it, it was the next morning I woke up, I have to do something about this, and I made a decision. I took that step, Joe, and I put myself away for three months. Okay. You went into... In Coom- yeah. I went into rehab, Coomera. Yeah. Joe, 
my God, the best thing I ever did in my life, Joe. And that is the gospel truth. Um, I'm three years off it now. Yes, I'm an alcoholic, and I'm not afraid to say it, Joe. Okay, yeah. I am an alcoholic. People have this thing about saying it. You know, you have to be honest with yourself and say, yes, I have a drink problem. I'm not a recovering alcoholic, Joe. I don't believe in that. I'm an alcoholic for the rest of my life. Okay. It's as simple as that. But to the people out there who are listening, if anyone's listening, there is help out there. But you have to make that strong decision for yourself. If you want a better life, life is better without alcohol, Joe. It's much better. No cloudy brain, you know, no getting sick, Joe. None of, none of that, Joe. And, and, you know, I come from a background of, of alcoholic parents. Mm. Uh, I, abuse in Christian Brothers. I was drinking on my past, Joe, yeah. forgetting. And the door was never closing, Joe. The door was never closing. It was always open. But within Coomera, they found this out. And I spoke about this for the first time in my life. My wife only found out five years ago what happened to me and the Christian Brothers. Yeah. I kept this for years, and I drank on it, Joe. I drank, and I drank, and I drank, and it made me... It actually made me be the person that I thought I wanted to be. But it didn't, Joe. It just wasn't me. Okay, it wasn't it. me. And alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. That's exactly what it is. Okay. And it's whispering in your ear every day. And as you every say, day. you admitted it, the biggest step was when you admitted it to yourself. David, that's a very powerful way to finish a, a, a difficult programme for listeners and indeed contributors. And I deeply appreciate it. Angela, Vivian, Mary, Damien, all of their calls, Frank, um, and uh, May, uh, Siobhan, and indeed Martina, rest, rest in peace. And uh, Vivian's son, she didn't name him, but her son who died at 44. Shana uh, Gorman produced, and Ray Darcy is next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie